0: Welcome along to NUFC Matters Tuesday morning. Brings us Ross Gregory. Good morning, Ross.
1: Morning, Steve. Morning, everyone.
0: Good to see you, mate. And as always, uh, we're here to talk about Newcastle United for an hour and uh, plenty to talk about, even though there hasn't been a game this weekend. And let's start with a Harry Kane story that uh, Stu mentioned um, on the Professionals on Sunday. Talk about Harry Kane potentially coming to Newcastle um, you know, next season. Is, is that something that you, you you could see happening? Is something Is that something that you would welcome?
1: I would welcome it I would absolutely 100% welcome it I think he's a I think he's a fantastic um player I think he's 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 arguably um in the top three strikers in the world at the minute in terms of what what, what he does and in in the the way that he plays in terms of you know I suppose being a, an out now goal scorer there's not many better in the world at the minute Steve for, for me um he's an old fashioned number nine but he's also somebody who can drop into that 10 role and and create role, create goals and and um and link the playing i think he's a i personally think he's an absolutely phenomenal player um interesting steve i put a I, I was at wembley on on sunday um went down with with my lad to watch the england game um and on the way back we had a conversation he, he he's he's 20 so he's not seen um, he never saw Shearer at his pomp, at his at his best. You know, he was only two or three when when Alan, uh retired, so never saw him at his uh, his best. He's obviously seen the clips and everything. So, I'd, so he asked me on the on the on the drive home on on Sunday night, you know, where you know is Kane better than Shearer? Because we were raving about Kane, like his movement, his touch, everything in the game on Sunday was was outstanding. And he said, you know, how do you how do you rate him compared to, to Shearer? Obviously, I, I, you know, I, I saw Alan. She would play a lot of games um, in the flesh and, and on TV and everything else like that. So, and I think Kane's as close to 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 Alan Shearer as the as the as they can be. I think he's in, I, I think Shearer still has the edge. I think he's a, I think you know in terms of all around play and and you know leadership and everything else like that. You know, and, and bear in mind all the injuries that he had and all that sort of stuff. You know, Alan Shearer was a phenomenal player, but Harry Kane is outstanding for me. He's absolutely outstanding. He's not far off um being England's best ever striker in my opinion. Uh, I, I know i put a poll on Twitter and uh, obviously Newcastle fans have all jumped on it. A lot of Southern fans as well saying that, that, that you know that they thought think was better than better than Kane. But um I've, I've gone slightly off topic with that one I suppose. But what I'm trying to to, to show it for me is how much I rate Harry Kane. I think he's I think he's I think he will break Shearer's Premier League record. Um, I think he'll he'll go down in history as one of the all-time greats. He's obviously got the England record now. Would he ever come to Newcastle? I don't think so personally. I think the uh, I think if he if he does move to to Spurs, uh, move from Spurs, he will want to go somewhere where I think he's probably guaranteed to win a title or two within the next two or three years. You know, so it'll be a, a, maybe it's a city or a Man United or something like that. Um, the 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 real kind of. Proper title challenges. and we know that Newcastle have got aims and ambitions to get there in the next, you know, five, six, seven years, whatever it is. But you know, Kane's probably only got you know three or four years left at the at the top, and he needs trophies. So if he does move from from Spurs, I would expect there to be a clamour for his his signature, and I'd expect him to go to to wherever he's, like I say, maybe he's not City now that, that Harland's signed for them, but but you know, whether it be Man United or or even abroad. And um, there'll be a lot of teams who will who will want him. He's an absolutely phenomenal player. I would love to see him in a black and white shirt, uh, breaking Shiva's record in a in a in any Castle shirt. Um, but I don't think it'll happen personally, unfortunately.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, it's 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 a story which you know we broke on the channel through you know, Stu Penman. He'd had a phone call from someone who is, um, you know, is a good contact, and said that there's there's certainly negotiations taking place, but there's no guarantees that that is a, a transfer that's going to go through. And I brought it up on the fans forum last night. You know, he the, the proposed move to Manchester City fell flat. Um, you know, because Levy, you know, essentially wouldn't accept that the you know the offer on the table. He clearly felt that he wanted more to lose his prize asset. And you know, there's no doubt that he'll have depreciated Kane um slightly since since that last you know all footballers do. The price does eventually go down. But You know, judging by Levy's animosity towards Newcastle's takeover, I couldn't imagine them wanting to do business with Newcastle, especially with Newcastle, you know, battling them out for Champions League places at this moment in time.
1: Oh, yeah, 100%. You know, Newcastle are a real direct threat now to to, to Spurs. Um, You know, where Spurs have have been over the last four, five, six, seven years, you know, in in terms of battling and challenging for Champions League places, in terms of, in terms of getting to a Champions League final and all that sort of stuff, the you know they've almost been guaranteed a top four, top five place, and now that's um, that's under real threat from from Newcastle. So Spurs absolutely wouldn't want to to sell Harry Kane to to a rival like, like Newcastle. They wouldn't want to sell him to, to anybody, to be honest. And it's it it has. I know I've, I've talked a bit about Alan Shearer. It has it has real echoes of, of Shearer as as well. You know, Kane he's at his boyhood club. He's he spent all his career there. Obviously, Alan Shearer didn't spend all his career at Newcastle, but came back when he had lots of other options and and, and you know wanted to win something for his his hometown club and and become a, a legend at um, at Saint James's Park. And Harry Kane, it's very similar. You know, he's 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 dedicated pretty much all his career to, to Spurs and trying to get them get them trophies. And, and for Spurs to sell him, you know, Daniel Levy or or whoever is in charge of Spurs at that at that time would would know they would have a, a major backlash on the hands from the fans if they got rid of uh, if they got rid of Alan Shearer. Certainly to a, um, a domestic rival as well, they, they know that um, that they're standing their stature within within not just within the fan base but also within the the rest of the, the playing community. If you're selling your best player, if you're selling your your golden boy, what does that say for for you as a club, Spurs? So they'll be absolutely desperate to hang on to him. They'll they'll. They'll put blocks in the way whereby it might be you know huge transfer fees that, that put people off. Um you know he has de- he will depreciate in in, in value as he, the older he gets, but he's still he's still for me, he's still probably got five years left at the at the top, the way that he plays, the the way that he adapts his game. So I think um I think anybody who wants to prize him away from Spurs will have to pay a huge, huge fee. And huge, huge personal um, demands as well, but also guarantee him almost titles, guarantee him titles, guarantee him silverware because that's the only thing that's missing off his, uh, his CV is is um his trophies, his silverware. He's got pretty much everything else on his CV. He will end his career with all sorts of goal cool scoring records, but will he end it with with trophies? I think that will be. Uh, very much forefront of, of Harry Kane's mind if and when he decides to,
0: to leave White, uh, to leave Spurs. And Ali said White's hardly in there. You did, yeah. John asked you this morning, uh, does the predictable outcome at Spurs reduce our top four chances and how fortunate are we to have a manager of Eddie's temperament and tact to have the right football knowledge and know-how is obviously important for a team manager but our attitude and people management skills more significant for a club's prospects on the pitch? So, double barreled question from John. Um, I... Don't think it affects our chances too much. I think we just stay in our own lane and concentrate on what we're doing, Ross. Um, and and the results will take care of themselves. I think you know Spurs have got rid of Conte. Um, clearly, that you know the the decision was was made more by Conte I think than Levy. You know with these outbursts of his last press conference, but they have chosen to stick with the you know the you know, the, the men in reserve, if you like, till the end of the season, and then make an appointment in the summer. So. I'm not sure how that's going to go down well in the dressing room um you know and, but as I say Newcastle just need to focus on winning the games in hand continuing to put the performances in get the performances and the rest should take care of itself I would have said
1: Yeah I think you're right Steve I think it, I think you know Newcastle just need to focus on what they're doing and and um and you know keep the keep the focus on on their performances on their results on the, on the way they're playing um and you know the rest will hopefully look after itself. I think, you know, I think if Spurs had, had kept Antonio Conte until the end of the season, I think they probably would have I would have I wouldn't have put any money on them on them hitting the top four. I think they would have there's obviously a lot of upheaval there. There's a lot of um animosity and, and uncertainty and and everything else. You know that it was an absolutely astonishing outburst by by Conte and, and almost like you said, signed his own his own resignation letter with with that. There was no real way that he could could stay in charge there. The interesting one is that they put they put Christian Stellini in as as, um, as caretaker manager along along with Ryan Mason until until the end of the season. It it does guarantee a little bit of stability, I suppose, and a little bit of continuity. Uh, Stellini's done really well when when Conte has had absences through um, through illness and and his operation and, and whatnot. And Stellini stepped in and, and done really well and and you know guided them to a number of victories. So I think it's a I think it's probably in, in hindsight it's a it's a good move to just to remove Conte from the um, from the changing room and the, that whole dynamic, but keep a little bit of continuity in with um, with his assistant Stellini. Um, but it, 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 for Spurs, it'll be all be down to to how how they manage to, to to bounce back from from this kind of fortnight that they've, that they've had keeping Harry Kane fit, keeping getting goals from, from elsewhere from, you know, your sons and your Kulosevskis and, and, and those in the and when he gets himself back fit, they've, they've got a lot of really, really good players in there. As you know, Newcastle are in poor position on you. If Newcastle win, win the games, Newcastle will qualify for, for top four, regardless of what happens at, uh, at Spurs. So, um, it's a, it's an interesting one. And it's going to make it for an interesting summer when when Conte um, when when Spurs look to to finally replace Conte. On the second part of, of the question, um, I think we you know we can't praise Eddie Howe you know too highly. He's he's a he's he's level headed. He's um, he knows how to handle media. He's very tactful. He's he's not gonna he's not gonna be prone to emotional outbursts like like Antonio Conte um, had. He's 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 obviously. Got the group of players playing for him and, and um buying into these methods, and, and that's obviously that obviously is is all well and good when things are, are, are going well. It's when the the like slight dips come, you you see how a manager can handle that. Um, we've had a, a minor dip with Newcastle and, and Eddie Howe, just remained really really calm and composed and measured, and that was uh, that's fantastic to see, and um, and and long may that continue as well. Um, He's not an an emotional kind of manager who's going to have these outbursts. It's not like you know Kevin Keegan wore his wore his heart on his sleeve completely, didn't he? And in, in some of the the emotional um, press conferences and and um, and statements that that came from from Kevin Keegan when he was there, we loved it at the time. You know, just to quote a phrase, we did. We absolutely um, loved it. And, and you want to see a little bit of passion and a little bit of um, a, a little bit of that from from your manager. I know people don't like, or, or certain people don't like Jurgen Klopp. I think he's fantastic for the game. I think he's, I think he, he he taps into the emotion and the passion and the the fervor around the Liverpool fans. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. And I, equally, I don't think there's anything wrong with the way Eddie Howe approaches it as well. It's different people, different characters, different different managers. But um, but Newcastle got a real good one in Eddie Howe, and and, and I'm sure he'll he'll keep a level head and composure until the end of the season.
0: Yeah, I would agree mate. I uh, I think so and um yeah, it's going to be an exciting run in for all the right reasons. It's going to be a, an exciting run in at the uh, the top end of the uh, the table. Um next uh, yeah, BT says, I do hope the Botman's illness which forced him to miss out on the Holland's last two matches will not prevent him from playing this Sunday. Have you had any updates mate on um you know some of the walking wounded or or we're going to have to wait for Eddie House press conference
1: yeah i think we'll have to we'll have to wait i've not heard anything um myself personally so we'll just have to we'll have to probably wait and see later on in the in the week it's uh, that that the the dutch illness situation was a, was a, you know a real strange one and and you know let me like say hopefully hopefully Sven botman returns um fit and well you know it, if it's if it is a little bit of a bug or, or whatever, then hopefully, you know, there's there's been a good kind of ten days for it to, to work his way out of his, his system and he can get back and, and do a little bit of training before before the game on Sunday. The fact that the game is on Sunday um means that there's a, a little bit extra time for for recovery and for uh, for training as well. So hopefully he's um hopefully he's he's he comes through fast. Looks like you know a lot of the other the other players. Um Alexander Rizak looks like he's come through his his uh two games relatively unscathed as well. You never know until until they get back into the training camp and and get back into onto the training ground and see how they um how they'll return and how they react. But hopefully there's a there's a clean bill of health, um and that the players who've been away um are, are nicely refreshed and in you know come back fit and ready to go. Obviously, you know you've got Joe Linton who's who's free from suspension as well now. So Fingers crossed there's a, a good, strong squad available for, for Sunday's game because it's a massive, massive game.
0: Yeah, it is. We'll come to that uh, towards the uh, the end of the show. Um, BT also says, should Eddie Howe consider resigning Dummett and Carius in the summer?
1: Oh, look, not for me, personally. Uh, not for me. Um, but... I think there's there's more to just what you see on the pitch. There's more to watch, just what you see on the on the um, on the pitch during matches. You've got a a manager like Eddie Howe will take into account everything that a player contributes to a squad behind the scenes and training. You know during the week, um, within the within the, the camp, within the changing room. You know, you need players as well who are who was, who will be squad players, unfortunately. That that you know not every player is going to be able to play, and you need good characters around the around the, the team and around the squad who were who are a little bit more accepting of their position within the squad. Um so are Paul Dummett and, and Loris Carrius gonna to, gonna challenge for first team places and gonna be regular starters for, for Newcastle next season? No, I don't think that, that will be the case. Um but do they have something to contribute elsewhere within the squad? You know, in terms of um, in terms of their the characters and personalities and and what they contribute. I don't know because I, you don't see that. You don't see that work or that goes on Monday to Friday on the training ground or in the in the canteen or in the change rooms or on the training pitch. You don't see that. You know that might be part of um, the thinking when when a manager comes to to resign a player. But if you were looking at it from a purely football point of view, from a purely are they going to contribute to the first
0: team uh, next season?
1: Then you would have to say no.
0: Mm, yeah, I would agree, mate, as well. I can't see them uh, staying on. Uh, BT says it might be wise to keep Dummett around, even if he's not going to play, because we will need to name four players who have come through the academy if we qualify for Europe. That's an interesting point.
1: It is. Yeah, you need, you need your homegrown players. You absolutely do need your your, your homegrown players. I think Newcastle are probably fine. will probably have a, enough, but. Yeah, it's a it's another thing that will have to be taken into into consideration, you know, in terms of, um, in terms of the rules and the the regulations of um, of players coming through. You I mean, obviously you've got plenty of that have come through the academy at the minute. You know, not plenty, but you've got, you've got a, a half decent number in terms of um, academy players that have that have developed through. You know, you are Sean Longstaffs and you, um and your, you know your, your Elliot Andersons and and people like that, and and you know. If they do get into Europe you would expect to see one or two youngsters um make a little bit more of a of a step up you know whether it's lewis miley or your joe lewis or, or people like that so there will be options um but like I say it's it's not just about what happens on the on that on the pitch between kinda of, you know three pm and quarter to five on a on a Saturday afternoon. It's the the, the whole the whole situation around around what players contribute, you know, do they work really well with the with the younger players as there coaching roles? Is there mentor type roles that that exist within the the club? Um, you know, are are they part of a, a leadership group? There's there's so much stuff that happens behind the scenes that we're not kind of privy to. Um, we see what happens on a on a on a match day. Um, but yeah, I, I, you know Paul Dummett, for example, has been an absolutely fantastic servant to to Castle. He's been really unlucky with injuries over over the the latter part of his career. I don't think he's ever let anybody down when he when he has played. Um he might want to go somewhere where he's going to play regular. He might he might want to go and think, well, I've I've only maybe he's got a couple of seasons left or, or whatever and need to, to play games. Um so it will it, be an interesting conversation and, and some big decisions for Eddie how in the summer with those who are out of contract, but also those who are, who are winding down their, their contracts as well.
0: Yeah, I agree, mate. OK, uh, John says, Botman's probably our player of the season. Um, with respect to Dummett and Carrius, they've done their bit, but are probably not our future. That said, I'm a big Dummett fan. Uh, John also says, should we be concerned the three of our current back four are past 30? This might be where financial fair play falls down. It's supposed to stop clubs folding. But in reality, can seriously hinder progress of some clubs. Has been a, a concern of mine. I've got to be honest; it's an aging back four. Um, you know, you mentioned Harry Kane there, potentially having another five years. Um, you know, it can work for forward, but centre uh, centre halves, centre backs, defenders in general, it, it's a bit more of a struggle.
1: Yeah, and I think that's Newcastle are fully, you know, aware of, of that, and that's one of the reasons why they are looking for. Um, probably a right-sided center half who's a, a who's you know a younger um a younger player obviously you know Jamal Sales is I think pushing 30 now isn't he and um Fabian Shares 31 so they do want a right-sided center half who can who can you know give them another maybe six seven eight years once he once he signs bit like what's you've got sven botman who's who's been a fantastic addition and is still a young man and, and he's got potential to to grow and to stay at the club for a long period of time so they they definitely are um looking at it kind of bringing in um bringing the the age the age uh average of the of the squad down thinking i think if you if you look at it, newcastle's average Age of their squad is one of the highest ones in the in the Premier League at the minute. I think it's around the 27-28 mark, which is obviously top end, and they want to bring that down maybe by a, a couple of years. Um, and that'll be part of the, the the kind of the the process when they're looking at which players to target in the summer.
0: Yeah, okay. BT says uh, does the conversation between Trippier and Saka mean that Saka will join us in 2024? And besides, his father is a Newcastle supporter. And uh, you were at Wembley, Ross. Uh, did you see that conversation? Did you manage to witness anything? I
1: didn't. I didn't witness anything. I witnessed a, a, an absolutely outstanding performance by Bakaya Saka as well. I didn't. Uh, I didn't. I wasn't privy to any uh, little little conversations between uh, between Saka and Trippier. What a player Saka is! He's he's absolutely top top jaw By the way, his touch, his movement, his his ability to roll players. His end product, which he's developed, you know, you look at the goals and the assists that he's got for for Arsenal this season and for, for England this season. Um, phenomenal talent. Um, still a young, still a young, young player. He's if he continues the way he's going, he's gonna be
0: he's gonna be exceptional. Look at him at Newcastle, ain't gonna happen. Okay, that's a fair, that's a strong no from uh, Ross. I've just stuck a, a link in the chat, Ross. You often send us something that uh, comes from the Chronicle. Ag. Alexander Izak battling Newcastle United teammates for monthly award after goal laden return. Tell us about uh, this link, mate.
1: Yeah, so we've um we're rolling out a, a player of the month poll. Um Obviously, at the end of every month, this is the this is it's a, a new thing that we're just trying to to develop on as part of our kind of um our our offering to to readers to to engage with readers a, a bit more and to get your views to get your opinions on on, on your know, votes on what you think is is good with the the club and, and who deserves the prayer so the um the the player the uh, the month is uh, is something that we've we've rolled out across our our kind of network and done it in a castle version um yeah, and you can go on and, and vote for who you think is, is the player of the month. It's it's been a, a decent march for, for Newcastle after the cup final, um, you know, disappointment. Bounce back. There's been some some good players. We've shortlisted it down to, to three, and uh, you get a chance to to vote. I know who I would vote for, but I don't want to uh, I don't want to be I don't want to sway anybody in when it comes to, to voting. But um, but I think there's one outstanding well, there's a couple of outstanding candidates. But um, but yeah, get yourself in there and have a vote.
0: Yeah, have a vote. The link is in the chat if you want to have a go. Uh, Now, uh, Chipper says, how are Everton getting away with financial fair play twice in the past 12 months? Yet again, very little punishment. I'm not sure whether they've got away with it yet, Ross. I mean, they're under investigation as are Manchester City. Um, You know, it'll be interesting to watch how that develops, won't it? Especially with Newcastle you know, constantly going on about financial fair play and, you know, being, you know, concerned about it, you know, and, and others seem to be, you know, allegedly blatantly, you know, breaking the rules. But we'll, you know, we'll wait and see what happens with that, I guess. And, and you know, then we we'll can probably give a, a, you know, further comment.
1: Yeah, look, absolutely, Steve. I think, um, you know, they haven't got away with it. They've been referred by the, the Premier League to a, a kind of an independent commission, um the, FA, the the premier league sorry are um are alleging that that Everton have, have breached the the financial fair play rules uh goes back to last season um so you know I, I don't know what i don't know what more people kind of kind of want at this at this stage you know w- we're aware. Everybody's aware of FFP and in the the rules and the regulations. It, it is very complicated, obviously. And in, in Everton and Man City will will be arguing their case that they haven't um, they haven't breached the regulations. The Premier League are are alleging that that they have breached them. So the Premier League, you know, you can say what you like about them, but that the the they're trying to follow the rules. They're trying to 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 clamp down on clubs. They're trying to um they're, they're trying to, to challenge them. They're, they're referring them to to and independent commissions who will then look into them and then these, these cases will will develop as, as they as they go by. It's difficult to say too much about it at, at this point, obviously, but the Premier League clearly feel that, that Everton have, have breached their their the FFP rules and they are um and they are taking them to, to task. You know it could ultimately you know end up in some sort of you know points deduction or or a uh, transfer ban or um or you know whatever it might be, you know, there's some sort of you know, fines and, and all sorts. So it's gonna be a real interesting one this one to, to to follow the Everton one as well because obviously um they escaped relegation last season and, and Burnley went down. Burnley and um and and Leeds have both complained about about Everton's finances as well. So that's increased the pressure on the on the Premier League too. So um if they are found to have preached it, you know you know, someone like Bernie might have a real case for, for kind of compensation after their relegation.
0: Mm, yeah, definitely. Okay, halfway through the show, time for the ads. Big thanks to all our sponsors. Thanks to Skips and Bins, telephone 800 2545 Email inquiries at skipsandbins.com. Website skipsandbins.com. Easy contract free and pay as you go waste collection. Thanks to Mr. Vicky's sources, handmade in Cumbria. And you can find them at mrvickys.co.uk Email info at mrvickies.co.uk and place an order by phone on 01768 210102. Thanks to Frui Vita Getaways. Book your holidays or short breaks in the UK or around the world with them. Uh, let them find your happy place. ABTA and ATOL registered. You can contact them uh, by emailing Frui Vita Getaways at gmail.com. Call or text 0792 842 7895 and join their Facebook group, at fruity getaways thanks to media arts for all the technical help and videos that they do and thanks to qtechshop.co.uk the makers of pool tables and snooker tables in End, newcastle if you want to join the channel click join and uh, you can see the various rates that you can pay to help support us uh, if you want to join uh, by subscribing hit the subscribe button that is free uh, hit the thumb up under the video uh, to help the algorithm and click share to share to other social media platforms. Uh, if you do subscribe, we do give you a free car sticker. Uh, just email John at nufcmatters.com and he will post you one out. If you want to join the cult, which is a one-off payment of twenty-five pound, uh, where you get a scarf, a pen, a cup, and uh, uh, entry into the monthly draw, then go to nufcmatters.com and look for the cult membership, uh, or put your phone over this smart code. And uh, it will take you straight there. We are available as well as a podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, and the rest. And we do support the food bank on this channel. Uh, so if you want to make a virtual donation from anywhere in the world, go to NUFCFansFoodbank.co.uk and put your money into the match day bucket. We've got some events coming up. Uh, first off, in April, uh, April 3rd, 4th, 5th, 6th and 11th, Peter Beardsley Soccer School is back for ages 6 to 16 years. Uh, go to PeterBeardsleySoccerSchool.com for more information. An evening with John Anderson at the Timehouse Surf Cafe, Tuesday the 18th of April. Uh, book your tickets direct from the venue. An evening with Frank Clark and John Gibson two nights later, uh, Thursday the 20th of April at the Irish Centre. Uh, tickets from NUFCMatters.com even evening with Nobby Solano at Laurels in Whitley Bay is May the 11th, uh, so uh, contact the venue direct if you want to go uh, to that event. And we've got our NUFC Matters end-of-season party, uh, which is the 27th of May at 7 o'clock. Tickets are at tenner from nufcmatters.com. An evening with Rob Lee at Louise Liquor Store at 1st of June, and uh, tickets direct from the venue. And an evening with Rob Lee, Lee Clark and John Beresford Friday the 2nd of June at the Grand Hotel Gosforth, which is in aid of the Healan Tour charity, and you can get your tickets direct from them at the healingtour.org.uk website just click events A little bit later in the year, an evening with Gavin Peacock July the 10th, uh, tickets from nufcmatters.com for that one and if you like your boxing A Night of Champions featuring Frank Bruno, Ricky Hatton, Nigel Benn and Joe Calzaghi, uh, tickets for that one from goldstarpromotions.com Okay, I've stuck another link in the chat there, and it's something we talked about last night on Fans Forum. Safe Standing has been announced. It's coming to St James's Park. It's going to be in the Strawberry Corner. Uh, so, from our perspective as fans, the club did speak to us via uh, emails, uh, you know, members, season ticket holders, anyone whose details are had. to give up people an ch- opportunity to respond. Uh, there was a, a ballast for supporters then to go forward and, and have a, a meeting at the club. So, Communication was there. They did speak to people. 75% wanted safe standing. 25% didn't. Um, they've picked an area which predominantly is an area that was highlighted as an area best for it. Um, what's your thoughts, Russ?
1: I'm all for it, Steve. I think it's a, I think it's a great addition. Something, you know, certainly that, that a lot of fans and, and groups have been um, have been pushing for. Um and it's it's good to see it, it now being you know the clubs obviously listened and, and engaged with the fan base and and listened to to them and, and, and acted kind of accordingly. You know we've got a poll there in the Chronicle story about about what fans think about it as well. So again, feel free to to engage with that one as well. Um, but personally, I think it's I think it's um, I think it's great. I know people have obviously had had issues with with standing before, but this is safe standing. It's it's done. It's you know it follows all the regulations. I, I was I was in the safe standing um, section at Wembley for the for the cup final, um, and, and thoroughly enjoyed it. It was it was fine, no no issues at all. A lot of fans these days stand at, at games anyhow, so if you can make it safer, if you can make it, um, if you can make it um, so that there's a there's a specific section for those who do want to stand, um, and hopefully it'll it'll help to the atmosphere, it'll help to the the matchday experience. I'm all in favour for it, Steve.
0: Yeah, I mean, I am as well. It's not something I would, I would personally do with a home game. I've got to be perfectly honest. Um, Chip has, says, uh, I'm, I am for and against safe standing. I'm for it as sitting down for ninety minutes is quite boring. But sometimes standing, you can get idiots tanked up with drinks, uh, drinks so I'm mixed. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it, it is, it is something which people have asked for. Um, I guess as well, those people who don't want to. Stand in that corner. We'll get the opportunity to move to the equivalent seat on the far side, on the opposite side of the Gallagher. Um, there is always going to be somebody who's upset with this, Ross. That you know, people don't like to be displaced in, from a seat where they've always sat. But predominantly, that corner stands, doesn't it? Throughout the game, anyway. That's why they've picked it.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You're 100 right, Steve. You know, you can't keep everybody happy um, all of the all of the time. And we've seen over over you know previous years come you know come back you know decades where fans have been mis- displaced and 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 had to move seats and change and, and people don't like change and, and people like you say become um become quite protective of of, of their seat of where they with their part of the stadium and and I get that I really do get that I I would probably be the the same um if it was if it was me but um ultimately the club's got to try and progress the club's got to got to change the club's got to move forward and move with the times and sometimes these difficult decisions have to have to be made. Um, nobody's going to miss out on, on on tickets, obviously, and, and or, or seats or season tickets. So it will be a bit of a change for for some people. But the club has got to got to keep progressing, and as long as they're doing it in consultation with the fans, as long as they keep you know engaging and consulting with the with the supporters and and doing things the right way, then I don't think we can have too much cause for for complaint.
0: No, I, I would say that it's um, you know it, it, it it's a good idea and you know well done the club for communicating uh, with the supporters. When standing, are you assigned to one spot or do you move around each time to an available space? Yeah, you're <clears throat> assigned to a spot, I believe.
1: Yeah, that's how I, that's how my understanding of it. Um, you it, you pretty much have your 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 seat your or your your spot which is yours for that for that. Game for that season for, for for whatever it'll be just like a I I assume it'll be just like a season ticket except you'll be you be in, a, in a, on a rail seat as they call them the standing uh, seats um as opposed to to a, another seat so it's it's not like the it's not like the old days when you're on the terrace and you can move around and you can go to, to a different part and you can go you know you can you can be in one corner one game and the next corner the next or even in the, within the same game you can you can move around it's very different to, to that you're assigned to a, a certain um a certain a certain space that you, that's been allocated to you um so yeah look it, it, it's something to, it's something to try it's something you know we might get you know, we might do this for for a season or two seasons and it, and it might prove to be something that that the fans don't like and there's not the, the appetite for it or there's there's additional concerts I'm sure that the club will address but you've as a club Newcastle have to listen to the fans have to try to to make that match the experience um Better for for everyone and and for um, and safer for everybody, but it, it accommodate different people's wishes and, and needs, and have to keep trying to progress, and that's what the, the club is doing here. So I, I I don't think we should we should be um, we should be knocking them.
0: No, definitely not. And you know, as I say, communication is very important. We've, we're banged on about it for for years and years. Everybody wanted uh, you know everybody wanted communication, but um, you know we've got it now. And uh, fair play to the the club for. Uh, doing that. Uh, Is winning the Champions League more important than increasing the capacity at St James's Park, says BT? Um,
1: No, I don't think it is. I don't think it is. I think the, I think the, I think the, I think the the most important, well, not the most important thing, but the club has to keep progressing. The club has to keep developing. and, And, and I think, yeah, i think increasing the capacity at st james's park has to be right at the top of the of the priority list for the, for the owners and um and for the club as a as a whole i think it, it it'll make the club more attractive and sustainable on a on a long term basis um you you're looking after your loyal fans customers re, you know whatever you want to call them um you're getting more people into the in the club you, you you then also opening it out opening it out to to different um different supporter groups in terms of you know hopefully bringing more more kids and get that next generation coming through i think you, you the sh- winning the champions league for example is is, is particularly is a short term measure it, it's something it's something that's that would be utterly fantastic obviously but it's it's very here and now i think for the club to be uh, to grow and be sustainable and get into champions league finals you know, year in year out, you've got to you've got to develop the whole project, um, and that includes increasing the capacity at St James's Park. Ultimately, it shouldn't be one or the other. Though it should be, you know, can 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 these things go hand in hand? Can can the club develop um, St James's, increase the capacity there, as well as maintaining success on the pitch at, at the same time? And that's that'll be the challenge for for the ownership of the, um, over the next five ten years.
0: Yeah, definitely will be, mate. It's, uh, it's, it's, you know, it's, it, it's going to take time. Things can't be rushed. That's that's the problem, you know. Ian tune traders another channel mentioned. The hierarchy will sell Bruno if they get a hundred million plus. Surely this isn't true, as he is re- irreplaceable for us in our current situation, and we need to keep him to attract others. I would agree that he's irreplaceable at this moment in time you know, will he be irreplaceable in the future? Who knows? Depending on how much Newcastle spend, invest, etc. Um, they're not gonna sell Bruno anytime soon though, are they, Ross?
1: No, don't 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 think so. Absolutely absolutely no point. You could sell him for for hundred million, but you'd have to probably spend that to to replace him. You know, so what would what would be the point in terms of, you know, he's you know, Newcastle bought him for pushing forty million. He's probably he's probably worth you know, potentially worth double that these days, you know, it's certainly sixty, seventy million if they were if they were to, to look to sell them, you know, now if you want to go out and buy a Declan Rice or a Jude Bellingham or a or whoever, you know, you you're gonna have to pay real, real top top money. So um I don't see I don't see the point in selling them. Um he is irreplaceable currently for, for Newcastle. He's he's that he's probably one of Maybe two or three players in that team who who are who you absolutely need, fit and uh, firing and available every game because he's that important. Um, so yeah, and, and the club's ambitious. The club don't want to be a selling club. They don't want to be a club that um, that you know goes back to, to the days of of selling their top talent and 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 uh, development like that. There's there's no need for it. Um, so I'd be absolutely astounded if they if they sold. Bruno, or in, or certainly over the next three or four years. I think the only issue that would potentially, and I've mentioned it before, the only issue that potentially arises with Bruno is if the club can't match his ambition. If the club doesn't progress on the pitch and he—he he he's ambitious enough and, and good enough to, to want to be playing Champions League football, it'll be challenging for trophies to win in silver And we all hope that'll, that'll be with Newcastle. But that would be the only time I would think that, um, that there might become an issue with, with Bruno is if is if he needs feels he needs to move on to further his career and win win titles. But let's let's hope that, that that's with uh with Newcastle United.
0: Yeah, let's hope so. Um, you know, I'm 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 excited by the future and Bruno's got to be part of that. Would you take Chamberlain with him being a free agent soon, says Tom Dixon?
1: No, no, never, no. Next question. <laughs>
0: Uh, John says, if you're allocated a place, uh, what if you're five foot and the bloke in front of you is Dan Burns (laughs) size? Good point, John. Take your step, ladders. Take your step, ladders. I see we have six players out of contract this summer. Does that mean at least six in to replace them, Ross?
1: Potentially, yeah. Um, But... It, it doesn't necessarily work like that. I think they, they'll always go for quality over quantity. That I don't think the size of Newcastle's squad is necessary. The issue at the minute, I think there's, there's there's enough players in the squad. It's just not having enough players of a certain level. I don't think it's necessarily that, that you're struggling for bodies. You can you can fill that bench with with you know eight nine ten players every every game pretty much it's just the the levels of those players it's the standards of those players that are, there's a big drop off from your first probably from your first 13 14 15 players down to your next your next 10 down to you know the your 20 21st 22nd 23rd 24th kind of players on that list there's a there's a heck of a, a drop off so it'll be it'll be for me it'll be you know moving the the players out who out of contract and into anyhow doesn't see us having a future in the club and then adding Adding four or five more in the in the summer, three, four, five more, but making sure that they are quality players who will who will come in and improve the uh, squad.
0: Yeah. I think there will be a, a bigger transfer window this time round than we've seen in the last two windows. Ross, who's going to win the Northern League? Bishop Auckland, Ashington, or my hometown Eaton Aycliffe? says Sparky D.
1: It's a, it's a, it's really tight at the top. Um, so we play Ashington tonight. We're going to play Ashington tonight, um, and um, we'll be hoping to put a dent in their in their title title bid. Their promotion party. We beat Bishop Auckland um, last Tuesday as well. Put a bit of a dent in there in their title bid. So it's um, it's going to go down to the wire. Newton Aycliffe, Sparky, your hometown club. They're they're in poor position at the minute. Everybody keeps waiting for them to to slip up, but they're they keep, uh, they keep going. It was a big game on Saturday between them and uh, Ashington, which was a, a ones-each draw. So, Newickleff are certainly in poor position, and
0: um, if I, if I was a betting man, I'd be, I'd be sticking my money there, Spotty. All right, uh, buying Brighton's young forward is a better investment than Harry Kane. Plus, we could try uh, the Juventus centre forward, says George. Uh, Ian talking about Bruno says I wouldn't sell him for any money. He's happy here, and we love him. We do not sell our best players darren agrees with you wholeheartedly note to chamberlain uh, les says a uh, telling point is the bruno's family love it up here and i can't see that happening in london ian agrees saying agree Stables. Uh, bruno's dad wouldn't have it either he's good the us lot and blue rhythm boy don't get fooled by names like that in this uh, chat uh, but i'll read it out for you just for the just for the hilarity uh urinator From the Bulgarian League Very good blue rhythm boy Uh, But that channels may well be fooled By that kind of mischief Croc the Crocodile Uh, Lads, I've seen an interview with Isaac In which he introduced uh, himself as Alexander Isaac And not Isaac Surely he would have pronounced his name correctly Now this is interesting Because it's not until it gets broached With the player Or when you hear the player speak but we were always led to believe, certainly by media uh, people, that he preferred Isaac. So if it's Isaac now, happy days. But that's, that's interesting. Ross, have you 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 know, have you pronounced it Isaac? Isaac, I've got to be honest, I haven't really paid much attention to how people have pronounced it, other than maybe Stu, who kept saying Isaac on the channel. Think, what about you?
1: I think I probably said Isaac initially, and then I probably changed it to Isaac like like most people, I think. It's... It's uh yeah, it's an interesting it's an interesting one, isn't it, tomato tomato? Um I think oh it, it always reminds us of of um of, of back in the nineties when we signed David Ginola and, and everybody called him David Ginola for for a certain for for a long period and then all of a sudden it became David Ginola. Um just because of the the the, the French pronunciation, isn't it? So um yeah, I'm sure I'm sure. Alexander Isaac or Isaac is is isn't probably too fussed about the pronunciation of his of his name as long as and, and we aren't as long as he keeps banging them goals in.
0: Yeah, Trip uh, says he'd rather have Helen Chamberlain than uh, Alex Oakley Chamberlain, and uh, yeah, I think a few people would would agree with that. Another topic we spoke about on the fans forum last night is uh, the leaked strip. We seem to have a few leaked strips, don't we? And some of them tend out to be genuine. This this was the latest one, Ross. Another. Uh, another Castori, uh top. Um, no confirmation or denial as to whether this is true or false, but um, it's another green top. I mean, you know, that in itself causes debate because of the Saudi connection, etc. But, you know, it's, it's 80% owned by PIF. Why aren't they going to have tops which maybe have a bit of green in or all green in this occasion? But what's your thought on that? I, I quite like it in the sense that it's, you know, some people don't like bland, boring tops. I just like, Sometimes just like a, a throwback to the old straight, you know, it's a it's a it's a bold top. It's green. It's, it's I like the color green. It's um, it's not a bad top. But it what, what's it, What's your thought of that? Is a, a Newcastle United top of the future?
1: It looks okay. I, I'm always I'm always a little bit wary of green, and I might I might sound daft here, but I'm always wary that green sometimes can get lost within the the kind of the the pitch almost it, it, i know that might sound a little bit daft but i'm not, so i'm not a massive fan of, of green as a as a colour on a on a kit um i'd like something that that you know stands out a, a little bit more but i'm i will be probably honest i'm not a massive kind of kit connoisseur i i, I like what i like and I, and i'm but i'm not i'm not kind of overly precious about about stuff as long as it's um as long as it's it's not you know hideous or or whatever, but it's, it's this time of year, Steve, it's, it's, it's great. It, you know, you get the kit leaks, you get everybody getting excited about, uh, about the new strips and, and or you get people being excited one way or the other. There's always a bit of controversy around them as well from a, um, from a, a journalism, from a media perspective, it's, it's a good time. You know, you, anytime you do a kid story about, about, you know, this is what might be, or this is what it is, um, you know, you get loads of people reading it. You get loads of people engaging with it and in commenting. Um, so it is a real topic of um, of of kind of conversation among among fan bases. Not just in in Newcastle fans, but we've you know we've seen it all over the place. Anytime we do a kid story for for whether it be Arsenal or Liverpool or or Norwich or whoever it is, you know, it, it always does really really well. So it's one of them uh, big talking points among fan bases.
0: Yeah. Isaac fits better with Bruno in the middle song," says John. <laughs> Tell him that uh, if Everton are not dropped a serious amount of points, financial fair play is dead. Chipper says Castoria are getting desperate for me doing anything to try and be uh, kept past this season. Well, they're certainly uh, churning them out, aren't they? Um, that's for certain. Calvin Phillips is he going to seek a new challenge away from Manchester City for um, and a struggle to meet expectations? Is there any chance we could sign him on a cut price deal, Ross? Do you think?
1: Uh, there was an interest in that, in Calvin Phillips, yeah. the 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 He is a player that Newcastle, uh, uh you know, would have on a on their long list of, of centre midfielders. I think, um, I think he's, you know, I think he's. Personally speaking, I think he's a he's a very very good player. I think he I think he would be an, an ideal signing in many ways for, for Newcastle. You know, he can play um he can play that that kind of holding role in the in the midfield which might free somebody like Bruno up to, to play a little bit higher. He's got he's got an excellent range of passing he can um he can take play. He's got a he, you know he, he's got a good engine and can get himself a about. He's he's obviously played under under Marcelo Bielsa um and learned a lot from from him. He's a northern lad. He's obviously a Leeds lad and in a big, big Leeds Leeds um fan and supporter and um I'm sure if he is gonna leave City at some point, then the leads might be his preferred destination. He would like to go back, to, maybe to his hometown club. Um, but they're, you know, they're obviously in a, in a different situation to, to where Newcastle are at the minute. So I really like Calvin Phillips. I think um, I think he's a, a really good player, and I think he would be a, an excellent addition to Newcastle's midfield.
0: Uh, Blue Rhythm Boy, I would say yes. He says, do you think the club are asking Castori to make Saudi-coloured stripes or Castori doing it to promote their own brand? I think it's Castori promoting their own brand, mate. They've just churned out tops. And I mean, we know that Newcastle potentially looking at another kit manufacturer. So I think they're just making hay while the sun shines because why wouldn't you? You know what I mean? You're involved with the, the club when the biggest takeover goes through in its history. And, you know, Newcastle got to Wembley this year. Um, potentially Champions League positions this year. You know they're doing everything they can to to, to get tops out, and and clearly they're selling. People are buying them. So it, it it you know I think it's them rather than the club asking them to make controversial tops. Mark Todd says uh, Botman, Bruno, Isaac are the sort of players we should be buying. Young, skillful, brilliant attitude and ambition. Buying overpriced tat, especially from the greedy six. Should be avoided. Good point, Mark, isn't it, uh, Ross? Uh, that he's making. I mean, and I made this point the other the other day. You know, that you know Newcastle United are a different club now. We're, we're not buying cast-offs from the top six. You know, gone are the days of buying a Damien Duff from Chelsea or buying, you know, um, you know a, a, a player you know past his sell by date from Manchester United. Newcastle United are focused on you know bringing in the best of young talent, but also bringing in you know big big name players and and you know, look look at Anthony Gordon for example. We've brought in from Everton. They're struggling now, but a few years back, they were challenging the European positions themselves. Newcastle have gone in and taken ultimately one of their best players for for a cup price deal. In my mind, forty million I think was cheap for him.
1: Yeah, well, that's going to be the, the 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 profile of that of the player that Newcastle want to bring in. They're going to, we've we've talked earlier on about bringing in younger players, so they, they want to get the, the average age of the squad. Down uh, because it is still a bit high, so they want to bring in players that they, that are that are, are younger, but also have potential to develop. But at the same time, aren't players necessarily always for for three years down the line? You know, there will be a couple of those, like your Grand Curls and, and one or two others. But they the need players who are ready to hit the to the ground running in the Premier League as well. But it's got to be a, a certain profile: it's players who've got um, who are on, like you say, on past their sell by date. So. Um, yeah, that, that kind of profile of of Bruno Botman, Isaac Isaac, however you want to say it, um, they will be the the kind of a similar profile that Newcastle will I think move more towards in the in the the next couple of transfer windows. They had to bring in certain type of players in in last year, you know, in terms of uh, getting experienced players like Kieran Trippier, Dan Burn, um, even Nick Pope. Um, my target, those types of players who've who've got, who had a lot of Chris Wood was a was another one who were who were you know late twenties, early thirties who who could hit the ground running and, and get the club up to a certain level. They, they absolutely need that. But I think moving forward uh, over the next couple of transfer windows, it'll be they'll be looking for for players in the in the in the early twenties who've got who've got potential to grow and um and uh, also a sell on value as well, whether we want like that or not know, to be su- sustainable as well Newcastle with FFP Newcastle will have to sell some players at some point as well um so you know you, you don't want to be selling players just for a couple of million when at the end of their, of their careers because it doesn't it doesn't help as much towards building the the, the club and being able to reinvest in 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 uh, in players further down the line as well so yeah definitely younger younger um hungrier players i think will be the the profile in the summer
0: yeah, I, I definitely think that would be the, the the case as well, mate. And, um, yeah, look, Newcastle are going to get it right in the transfer market, mate, no doubt about it. I think Pep is doing to Phillips what he did with Grealish last season, betting him in and then playing him next season. Les says, uh, doesn't Phillips have a shoulder issue that could be very serious if it goes again? Uh, John thinks there's off-the-field concerns, of course, uh, which, which again, could be an issue. And you, we know that uh, Eddie Howe likes to keep everybody, you know, on on a level, on and off the pitch. Morning, uh, Gerald. Uh, have the owners uh, not sure. Due diligence when buying the club from Ashley deals tied up to Funny 88 and Castoria and trouble getting rid of past advertising. I don't think it's a case of not doing due diligence, mate. I think it's a case of Mike Ashley had these things tied up. I think it was very transparent. They knew the situation they were walking into, but they wanted the club, and they've got the club at a cheap price when you look at the you know, look at the the, the, the cost that's been bandied around from Manchester United, for example. New kit every week from them. As much as I appreciate the making things without Funny 88 8 on, it's overkill. Now says Blue Rhythm Boy. Interest in seeing the difference in how people talk about McTominay and who they and how they did Gallagher and off his cheek of the price is right we need the depth yeah but Scott McTominay have been linked again this week Ross
1: yes yes we spoke about him last week I think um, I, again I'm I'm not against Scott McTominay coming in I think he's a I think he's a he's a solid player I don't think he you know will he, will he Push Newcastle on that next level, maybe, maybe not. Um, but what he would do is he would add Premier League experience, he would add he add a bit of quality, he'd add European experience, and he'd add depth to that squad. Newcastle have only got four midfielders currently, really, in the in the squad at the minute. You know, it's it's very light on midfielders, so they're gonna need to bring a couple a couple in and probably a, a six and a and an eight slash ten um positions. So um so they will need to, to add some, some depth in there, but you know, they do like Connor Gallagher as well. He's a he's another one and with Chelsea's financial um issues potentially rearing their the head and in the need to sell players in the summer, there might be some movement there. So you know anyhow in, in Newcastle have have always gone or, or in the main gone for for players who've got Premier League experience, Anthony Gordon, Kieran Trippier, Matt Target, Nick Pope, Chris Wood, you know it, it goes, it, you know, that goes on and on. They want players who who can hit the, the ground running. So it'll be an interesting summer. there will be a load of names bandied around, as there always is. Um, but you know, you've got to trust the trust the the scouting process, trust the the, the management team
0: to to bring the, right, the the right ones in because the record so far has been has been pretty good. Uh, Darren Lee, uh, we'll give him the last question. It says, is, is rumour how and Ashworth are not seeing eye-to-eye eye on summer signings? Any truth in this, Ross? Not
1: heard anything of that sort whatsoever, so I wouldn't be able to, to kind of comment. Not, not... I have heard those, those
0: rumours flying around, I've got to be honest, Darren. Um, but the rumours, um, nothing substantiated um, in my mind. So, um, you know, until we hear otherwise, then we'll wait and see. OK, Newcastle uh, take on Manchester United. Uh, this coming weekend and uh this is gonna be this is gonna be feisty this is gonna be a, a humdinger and uh, there's no doubt about that it's a four thirty kickoff live on sky all tickets are long since sold out uh Mac will be at the dog and parrot one forty five and then at seven and uh Gibbo and Ando will be at Pumphreys uh at three. I think that's what time they're kicking off. Uh Stu Atwell is refereeing. Andy Maidley is on VAR. How do you see this one going, Ross?
1: Oh, it's a it's a biggie, isn't it? It's a real, real big game. Um, I'm certainly from a Newcastle perspective, a lot more confident going into it than I was the the cup final a month or so ago. Um I think I think Newcastle are in a in a be, in better shape and in a better position. Um but we saw with the with the Carabao Cup final how strong and how organized and disciplined and, and professional and and that Manchester United team can be. Um, obviously, you know, since then they've, they've had a couple of a couple of rocky results. Certainly, the, the Liverpool um, thrashing and, and and you know, I think uh, the, the draw against Southampton. You know, not not so they haven't exactly been been on firing on full cylinders themselves, but they, they've got a fantastic team with some fantastic players. Casemiro being out is a is a big big boost for Newcastle. You know, the fact that he's he's not available is. Um, is, is huge um, it's a game that I think that Newcastle can can get something out of, I really really do um, hopefully everybody comes back from the international break fit and firing and, and well um, in some ways it came at the wrong time for, for Newcastle because of um, because of the form that they were just starting to hit before the, the break came but in another way it, it came at the right time because it allowed one or two players to, to rest up who were who are carrying knocks and, and niggles. So um I think it's a I think it's a, it, it'll be an absolute humdinger of a game. It'll be an absolute belter. Hopefully the atmosphere is is is, is raucous and and as loud as what we know it
0: can be. And it uh, I'm gonna go for a two one Newcastle win. Two one Newcastle win. We will see <laughs> blue rhythm voices. now I'm gonna put Simon Jordan on, on talk sport after you lads. It'll be a downgrade. Thank you very much, mate. Uh, Ross, as always, pleasure to uh, have you on and uh, look forward to seeing you again next week, mate. Have a good week.
1: You too, Steve. Cheers, everyone.